Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, welcome back to another Experts Podcast. My name's Nick Hayes. I'm the Managing Director of Media Stable. And fresh back from coronavirus sickness <laughs> is Lana Hill. <laughs> That's a dangerous intro, Nick Hayes. Did not... Have not <laughs> had, the, had the uh, dreaded virus. No, you no, don't have But the, I'm back. You're back. We, we missed you last week. We were chat, <laughs> chatting to Oliver Peterson and uh, I, I definitely needed you when, uh, when talking to the great man. But um, we have got an aviation expert yes. here in the studio. And I'm really pleased to welcome Tim Collins. Tim, welcome to the show. Hi. Tim, I've got to say, there is a bloke running around at the moment who, well, and he's been running around for a fair amount of time. His name is Jeffrey Thomas. Let's get the elephant out in the room <laughs> right out right now. He's been the aviation expert that's been pretty much running the show. But there's a new man in town, and his name is Tim Collins. That's right, there is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what is it about aviation that it fascinates us, uh, particularly with media? Because, I mean... It is something there that I think many of us have flown, many of us have something to do with it. It's, it really is a, a, a media dream when it comes. We just want to talk about aviation all the time. Why is that? I think because it's a subject that people don't kind of know very much about. And so I think uh, people like to have uh, a simple explanation of, of what are really quite phys- physics-wise complicated you know, principles around uh, around flying. And, uh, of course, it always makes great stories on the front page of the newspapers, even if it's something completely, um, you know, inconspicuous or, or not so much inconspicuous, but maybe, uh, you know, low level, um, like a you know an oxygen mask dropping down or something like that, and, and it becomes headline news, and it's really, you know, nothing. It's got something to do with nerves, hasn't it, Lana? Because I get ner- I'm a nervous flyer. I'll, I'll admit this right now. I'm a nervous flyer. Um, I need a couple of stiff drinks before I jump onto a plane. <laughs> and that's difficult to do in the morning, I've got to tell you guys. It's difficult to do in the morning. You look a little bit crazy. But is it because of the fear? Is it fear that drives us and we want to always talk about aviation? Yeah, look, I've been through it as well, Nick. I had a period when I was living in Sydney and I was doing a lot of travel between Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane and I had a really acute fear of flying for a while. But, yeah, Tim, what helped me was actually learning more about the reality of the plane mechanics, you know, and I wouldn't have learnt, obviously, on the level that your knowledge is, but it, it certainly helped. So what is it that scares you? What, which bit? For me, it was the lack of control. That's what... So, <laughs> like being in a car, being driven by somebody, you have no control? Well, yeah, yeah being point. in the air when you can't really see what's happening, that's what freaked me out. I always remember a statement, someone saying, you know, we don't have wings, so why are we flying? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then again, you know, you don't have gills, so why are we swimming? Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, th- th- these are the little things. I think it's the fact that you go up and <laughs> the fact that it could go down. But Australia has had one of the most incredible 
uh, safety records when it comes to aviation? In, in scheduled air transport, we have a really good safety record. But then again, so does you know Europe, so does the UK, so does uh, the US. Really, scheduled air transport, you know, an airline, in other words, you're going to get on a Qantas flight, you're going to get on a Virgin flight, uh, any other scheduled flight in Australia, really very safe. Incredibly safe, actually. Almost, you know, statistically, actually quite difficult to... <laughs> you know, to put a number on because it's so low. Now, I, I should clarify for listeners here that you are a member of Media Stable and you have been doing quite a little bit of media in the in the short time that you have been with us. Quite a lot. Quite a lot of media. In fact, it's, it, it is incredible the amount that uh, there is because there seems to be an aviation issue, if not weekly, at least every fortnight, something seems to pop up. And even even if we speak right now, as as, as this as this podcast is going out, you know, Qantas is talking about their worry for staff around coronavirus. Yeah, the, the fact that they could be subject to it. But then there's an article in in in, uh, in the media this morning that uh, Qantas doesn't clean its planes properly. Yeah. That's not Qantas; that's the cleaning company, right? But you know, what is the level of cleaning? Do people want to know about that? I yeah. mean, I think before I fly, I'm more I'd be more worried about you know. Who's changed their nappy on the tray table? You know? oh. <laughs> yeah, because it happens, right? And yeah. and who's done that? And, and what's been done to clean that, rather than the um, you know the, the aircraft, you know, anything happening to the aircraft in Good flight? Good point. Yeah. So so what what is it then? I mean, the demand that you've had. I mean, we've we seem to have had, and we've had some tragic issues. Uh, I, I I recall back for when we had the Australian bushfires on that, uh, the plane from the United States that went down. Um, and, and that that breaks your heart because yeah. they were here to help us, help us, yeah. and uh, something went drastically and badly. Yeah, went wrong. But we do need to have people. We need to have experts that understand and know what's going on here. And in, and in that case, right, operating a big aircraft like that, close to the ground, with uh, a dynamic load because it's water, right? So you're gonna you're gonna drop some, and that changes the whole center of gravity and the weight yeah. and everything else of the aircraft, right? So, and you're low to the ground. Uh, and you're operating in smoke, uh, you're operating uh, in, in a lot of heat, uh, you can have potential tailwinds, you can, uh, which, which loses your airspeed. So there's all sorts of things, right, operating a big aircraft close to the ground like that that can go wrong, and they did. Yeah. And we don't know exactly what happened. I can have an educated guess, I don't want to, but I, I've got a fairly good idea, I think, of you know, what went wrong. And, and Lana, that's what media is looking for. We want to understand. We need layman's talk. We need to understand... Um, it seems very complicated and, and also too mystical in that we don't have a clue what's going on. But to be able to feed that back and to be able to tell mm. uh, the wider public how it's done in a layman's term, so important. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think, Tim, that's something you do really, really well. And as you said, Nick, it's something the media look for. Does your your ability to be able to take a really technical issue and lots of, I guess, lots of different technical components of the overall topic, does your ability to translate that into layman's terms come from your consulting business or is no, that... No, it, it comes from years of, of actually doing the job and actually flying. Ah. And, and when I very first started flying helicopters to oil rigs, um, I, I don't really know how I got involved, but the company I was working for, it was in, I was living in Aberdeen, Scotland, uh, and we used to have like open days at the heliport. And one of the things that we used to do was, was have the, the wives and families of, of our passengers that we used to fly, they would come to the heliport and we'd take them around the hangar, show them maintenance and show them in an aircraft and we would kind of explain to them, you know, which bit does what and, you know, what all these gauges and knobs and switches do. Um, and I, I probably got it originally from there because I had to explain to, you know, people that really had no idea that actually their other half were kind of, you know, pretty safe 
right? Because we, we knew what we were doing, right? It was actually very professional. It wasn't just guys jumping in a chopper and whizzing <laughs> off offshore. It was actually, you know, a highly regulated and professional environment. And I've got many thousands of hours doing it, and I'm testament to the fact that it's very safe because I'm here. Yeah, uh, that's managing expectations. That's managing people and, and e- educating them and getting them to understand. And I think that's the beauty of it is that with any aviation expert, that's what we're looking for. Now, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to throw Jeffrey Thomas into it, but I, don't, I couldn't imagine Jeffrey Thomas flying too many helicopters across the rigs in Scotland. Um, no, or too many, too many light jets or, yeah, or aeroplanes <laughs> or anything else, yeah. So your practical experience really does help you be able to communicate what is going on. Yeah, because the principles are quite similar, right? So um, everybody thinks that helicopters are really difficult to fly. Well, they are a bit tricky to fly, but having said that, once you get above a certain speed, they essentially fly like an aeroplane, right? Push the Mm. stick forward, it goes forward, back it goes, it slows down, left it goes left, right it goes right. So that's really what an aeroplane does. So that side of it is fairly simple. So once a helicopter gets above around about 100 kilometres now, you can say essentially it flies like an aeroplane, really as far as the controls are concerned. And then you look at something like, say, for example, that accident with the air tanker in New South Wales. Well, as someone who's flown airplanes as well, I haven't flown air tankers close to the ground, right? That's mm. not what I've done. But I've flown enough airplanes to know the principles involved and to know what could or, 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 or not have gone wrong. Yeah. Um, Lana, it's, to be a subject matter expert, you've got to know your subject. You've got to have some experience. You've got to have some background and, and, and knowledge behind it. Um, the question, I suppose, then is how then do you deliver it? How do you take it to the media how do you, for instance, oh, I mean, Jeffrey Thomas has conducted and held that territory for a long, long time. How do you get breakthrough? How do you get through to the media to say, look, I've got a different point of a view. I've got a different position here. I've got a different voice. Well, I mean, biased answer. <laughs> but no, I think one of the reasons why Tim's done so incredibly well is, as we said, obviously, his ability to translate. But your commentary, Tim, around the bushfires um, and and obviously the tanker that went down, it was such a lovely blend of compassionate um, and quite diplomatic as well as obviously conveying the technical components that we all want. We all want to understand why. We want to know the technical stuff, but Mm. we also want our, I guess, commentators and and the people that we see in the media to be able to reflect and and connect on an emotional level as well. And and I think what you did during that commentary was outstanding. So I actually put myself in that position, right? When somebody asked me for commentary, I momentarily kind of put myself in that that flight deck, right, or cockpit, whatever you want to call it, behind the controls and think, what would the issues be if I was there? And what experience have I got over the years that kind of equips me to think what may or may not have gone wrong. What are the things that have scared me, mm. if you like, <laughs> over the years that I, you know, I might think, well, I'm not doing that again. Um, even though, you know, it's highly, aviation is highly procedural. You do when you're flying low level, you know, in, in, in helicopters, for example, flying to oil rigs, you know, I mean, it's not, uh, it's not like flying an airliner. It's almost akin to an airliner, but the landing and takeoff at the, you know, at the end of the flight, the beginning of the flight are really quite different. Yep. Right. You know, you're operating very, very close to uh, a lot of iron, big ironmongery, you know, sitting in the water, and it may even be moving. It may be a vessel, and you've got uh, mm. a, a heli deck that's, you know, not much larger than the aircraft, and you've got to put it on there, and you've got 20 people in the back. Yeah. Right? So that's, you know, and it might be dark. <laughs> oh, God. Just because <laughs> I used that, to do that as that well. Into it. Yeah. Hey, your, your job's a lot harder than mine, I think, Tim. <laughs> so when I, when I was, you know, I, I just got to push a few buttons here. I, I had a great, great career and some great training, but I, I was. Um, I was flying helicopters on the North Sea. I started off on large helicopters as like a you know first officer co-pilot, and, I, and then I moved on to 
slightly smaller, but what are Kobe Bryant-sized helicopters, basically, 12-seat, you know, uh, Sikorsky's, that in, in the mid-'80s when I was doing it, we could fly them single pilot, yeah. right? So I was trained to fly single pilots. I, I had a, a co-pilot seat that was completely vacant. Nobody sat there. The passengers sat in the back, and I sat in the front, uh, and, uh, and I did the flying. And we used to fly single pilot in bad weather uh, and at night with 10 or 12 guys in the back. And that was routine for us. It was quite normal. So, so is that training, is that, do you, would you argue that training makes you more skilled or that the safety, the safety measures have tightened? Which way around the, is the it? The company was really, um, and, and the regulator was, was fairly strong on what training you had to have. So I was 23. Wow. Right? And because I started very early. And I flew with some uh, very, very, skilled people and basically what we did is i started off we, we would fly a, a flight completely to crew and gradually and this was like a, a you know a three or four month program but gradually over the, the program they would withdraw more and more and more and do less and less and less and then they actually became you know mildly sort of destructive by saying okay what would you do if this happened what would you do if this happened and then there was a, like a, a final flight check um, which was a, a routine flight, but it was with a, a, a training captain who was, was sitting there basically doing nothing, watching me to make sure that I could anticipate what was happening and cope with anything that was likely to happen uh, in, in terms of an emergency with the aircraft. We weren't doing it, obviously, because it was passengers on board. We used to do that stuff in the simulator. But um, as long as they were happy that I could cope with that, then I got signed off on my single pilot line check and off I went. Have you ever been scared? No. <laughs> Good answer. Really? Not even a little bit? No. No, I mean, I've been, um, uh, how can I put it? You know, there's like a, there's a curve, there's a, a, a sort of a bell curve of stress and arousal, you know, how stressed you get depending on how kind of, you know, aroused you are by external factors. I've been fairly high on the stress arousal curve. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have to be, right? Because you don't perform yes. right? unless, you are, unless you have a mild degree of stress. I, I perform quite well under stress, right? So for me, um, being sort of very aware... And, and, and being busy is something where I, I kind of perform quite well. So yeah. I've been up that curve, but I've never been scared. No. Good answer. This is a beautiful segue into the question that I wanted to ask you is, and, and when we head it all back to media, because a lot of people that will be listening here today get even the thought of a camera being put in front of them, a microphone shoved underneath their nose is, is just frightening. Like yeah. Right down to the very bone, still can't move, bone shattering, like, oh God, I'm going a little bit too far here, but, <laughs> you know, it scares the bejeebas out of them. Do you get, do you get a little fearful when you're working with the media? No, not really. So that's the first time I've just seen you get a little nervous here. You were just a little bit. There was a little hesitancy there. A little well, bit on the new. stress arousal it, curve. It's relatively new to me, right? So I, I haven't had, I, you know, pretty well in aircraft, most things that, can be chucked at me have been chucked at me and I've I've right but not I'm sure that not everything <laughs> that you guys can chuck at me <laughs> has been chucked at me so that's why I'm a little bit reserved because I never know where you're going to go next <laughs> can, can, can I can I assure you Tim I haven't been in a helicopter flown a helicopter or, or a big jet airline so you, you're a little bit further ahead of me on on that scale but I, I guess the question is 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 media that and, and for the people that are listening here today because they want to know you know what 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 it feels like how do you feel when you get that opportunity to do that TV piece, to do the, a broadcast to some of the biggest radio stations in the country when you know that you know, anything up to 60 to 100,000 people will be listening? Does that, make, does that bring a few nerves in? Uh, no, it doesn't actually because uh, I generally know my stuff pretty well. I've normally prepared 
you know, even if it's half an hour preparation, I've generally done a bit of preparation, even if it's just to get some stats. Yep. Right. And I don't really think that uh, many people are going to ask me anything that in depth that I'm going to stumble over it. Uh, and I know enough about the subject to be able to, you know, to get to get through it, really. I love that, Lana, because yeah. you are the expert, Tim. You are the person that the media has asked to, to get on board to talk about the issue. You will generally know more than the actual presenter, the journalist or the, or the announcer that you're talking to. So people have got to have confidence, don't they, Lana? They've got to have confidence to step forward and say, hey, I am the expert in this space. Exactly, yeah. And look, Tim. Tim's probably a, a slightly different kettle of fish in that he does have you know, a huge amount of experience. And actually, I've got to bring up the Margaret Thatcher link here. That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Did used to be her private yeah, so, pilot? Uh, so, yeah, so what, what happened, is, what is, the UK is very different to Australia. So in the UK, when they call an election, they dissolve parliament, right? Yes. And, and the, the government right, are not allowed to use government assets Resources, for yeah. campaigning. Right? Oh. It's not like here where you say, right, okay, uh, Albanese, you get a plane, Scott Morrison, you get a plane. And you, but that's what we do, right? Yeah. We, give, we give them Everyone that. Everyone gets we, a plane. Everybody gets a plane and they go and campaign equally. But in the UK, it's, well, you know, get your money out because you're going right? to... So a company that I used to work for would give a preferential rate to the UK Conservative Party. And uh, therefore, we used to fly Margaret... That was oh, like a kind of like so a political cool. donation. That the Iron Lady. Oh my god! And uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I I remember being told that I was going to fly Margaret Thatcher. I was I was called down to to head office and taken into the operations director's office. I thought I was in for the biggest you know, <laughs> kicking of all time. I wonder what on earth I'd done. And there was a, a another gentleman there, and uh, you know, it's all very kind of British. You know, it's election coming, old boy, kind of thing. Of you know, we need to we need to. <laughs> fly the Prime Minister around and you've been selected and I said okay I'm, I'm very honoured but what you know what about uh, what about security what about you know background checks and everything else and he said oh we've been doing that for the last month ah they're doing wow. it so they'd already done it right they yeah. already knew so um, so you passed that with flying colours so we I mean you're well, I didn't I didn't know it was happening well, right? that, you have no idea that, that, that that's how clever these guys are right yeah. they check Amazing. you out and you don't know you've even been checked out yeah now your accent uh, where, where do you hail from um, I was, I really hail from the south of the UK, so kind of between London and Brighton in that sort of southeast corner. Does your accent work for you f- as far as working with the media? Because it well, does carry really, some authority really here. funny actually, Nick, right, because <clears throat> I've lived in Australia for a long time, yeah. right, and I consider myself Australian, and when I go to the UK, they say, oh, you're an Aussie, right? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> as you know, I do a, another bit of media work, and when I, when I see myself or I hear myself, I think... God, you're posh, yeah. right? And it's, I, it's, and that's what we think. And I don't want to be. I don't really. I don't want to be that guy. But I guess you can't take. Do it. You, know, be you that can't guy take too. that kind of. You can't take that kind of private school education and and you know out of you. Oh, it's right? got you. You're, you're, you're posh through and through. Tim. You're posh through and through. But you know what? I think your accent definitely works in your favour. I think, you know, we, we had Meg Coffee on a couple of weeks ago and, and her American Texan, she doesn't like American accent, her Texan accent does carry a lot of authority when it comes to talking about social media. I think your accent, and particularly one as, as the way you deliver it, both on radio and also too for television, is near perfect for aviation. It carries authority. So I, I think you've, you've got that that perfect little mix there because you, you have been in Australia a long time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I mean, you're as an Aussie as I am, but I tell you, the um, the it just just 
there is a there is a blanket of surety and confidence <laughs> that, that you give yeah. me. Yeah, well, that, that's the um, that's kind of you know the old uh, the old aircraft captain in me, right? And as yes. you know, I do a little bit of other media on some community radio, and it's quite funny because when the bushfires happen, you know, which are not funny, but when the bushfires happen, we have to do bushfire reads. I go, yeah. I go into like aircraft captain mode, like directing mode, right? You do this and turn off your air conditioner and keep the water running and don't drive there and you know keep away from the closed roads. And I you know and and I come out of the studio and, 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 and the station boss goes, wow, yes. <laughs> you've really told them what to do. Well, but I can't help it. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm used to dealing with, I'm, I'm a very operational person in the way I do things and I, I'm used to dealing with with situations and sometimes there are situations where you, you just have to, you know, kind of direct people because it's, it's important. So let's just dive a little deeper into that. You do some uh, community radio broadcasting. I do, yeah. And has that helped you? Has that helped you work with, has it even give you a, a little bit more actual fuel for the fire to, to want to do more media? Yes, but uh, I'm not scared of a microphone and I've, I did a little bit of radio many years ago uh, in the UK and I'm not, I'm not scared of broadcasting, I'm not scared of being in front of a microphone and you know, I do uh, a couple of radio shows a week, they're absolutely live. Right, there's all sorts of things that, that mm. can go wrong. Sometimes, sometimes do go wrong because sometimes I will push a wrong button because I've, you know, I can't always see it. Sometimes I have to feel it because of the, the layout and things. So, things do go wrong, but you've got to be able to recover. Yeah, right. they don't go badly wrong. I mean, you know, it just might be a bit of a delay or something like that, or I, I might might push up an, an ad break instead of a song. But you know, that kind of thing happens. <laughs> it does happen. What drives you, Tim? What drives you? Why Why are you doing this? And 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 I know, and look, I've mentioned Jeffrey Thomas maybe three times, four times already in this podcast, <laughs> and it was four times more than I wanted to. But um, what what is it that drives you to to perform and to and to contribute to the media conversation? There's several things. First one is truth. Yeah, I, I like to tell the truth. Right, nobody owns me. I'm completely independent. I'll give completely independent commentary. Uh, I don't. You know, I'm not a, a one of these people that takes a lot of corporate hospitality. I don't do that. I'm not interested in that because, um, I, A, I don't need it, and, B, I like to be absolutely objective and tell people the complete truth. Yep. Right. Secondly, uh, it's a subject that, uh, in aviation terms, that, as you say, kind of worries people, scares people. Some people are a bit nervous about flying. Mm. Um, kind of happy to tell you why you don't need to be, and I think that's important as well, right? It's something that has a bit of mystique around it, for want of a better term. But uh, I think it's important to be able to bring it down to layman's terms and debunk it. And one of the ways that an experience I have in doing that is is working in the corporate sector. You know, when, when you work for a, a large company that uses aviation services and you're up in front of the board of directors and they say, okay, so what, what happened here? They want it on one PowerPoint slide. They don't want a 45-minute explanation. Yes. They're very short, bullet-point people. They want to know what went wrong, what, what happened, what can we do better, how can we fix it, end. Yeah, right. that's how they want it. So it's being able to, to encapsulate it in in relatively short you know, bursts. So important, <laughs> so important. It, it is, and I think if when you know your audience and the audience that you're communicating with, and being able to talk in their terms, but also to um, educate, it's about education. And I think this is where a lot of it, and it fascinates me continually with the aviation industry, is that we do need to continually be educated. Because there are advances, there are changes. Yeah, and, absolutely. I mean, I was just looking back at the you know the direct flight from Perth to London. You know that flight itself. I've I've recently just done it. It's it is remarkable. But I tell you what, it it took a little bit for you know, people to get used to it because we do. You know, it's amazing how much we used to like you know getting off at Abu Dhabi or getting off halfway 
to have stretch the legs because that's human beings aren't designed to be stuck in one place for sixteen hours. It's no, and I like both, right? I've I've done a direct flight as well. Um, luckily in the front, but uh, I've done it, and I've also <laughs> done you know the via the via Singapore, and that's my that's probably you know if I've got to make a stop en route, that's kind of my favourite. Um, but I like to get off and stretch my legs, and I actually I, I usually go and have a shower. Right, and just you know, make myself feel you know kind of human and clean again, and have a bite to eat, and I'm quite happy to do it that way as well. Are you a backseat driver when it comes to planes? No, I wouldn't have taken off like that. Good yeah, question. No, 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 I'm not. No. no, you can. You'll you'll let them do their job. I completely detach. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and my other problem was I used to only be able to go left when I went into a plane. Now all these days I only go right. Um, <laughs> I'm stuck in economy. And if you've ever seen my Instagram feed, Tim, um, I'm constantly taking photos of the seat that I'm sitting in. <laughs> Just to let Qantas know where I'm sitting, and hopefully one day that I'll get up to the land of milk and honey. Where, where are you with the um, where, where are you with the reclining? The whole reclining. I can't debate. stand reclining. The reclining. There's a, there was a woman that did. Do it you recline though? No, I do not. Interesting. Interesting. I refuse to recline. Someone. Oh my. Oh that, that's Somebody didn't put their phone on silent. <laughs> you know what? Somebody <laughs> with media experience. Someone, Nick. Proof. That, you know proof what? that it's live. <laughs> this is proof that it's live. You know, everyone thinks that this is all doctored, but it's not. And I tell you what, I think I owe you both a keg or <laughs> <laughs> a slab of beer. Um, it's 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 a fascinating chat talking aviation. And and, and Tim, I, I've got to say, um, since watching and hearing you and and seeing your performances in comparison to that other fellow that we were talking about. I'm only allowed to mention him four times. Um, <laughs> it, it is refreshing. It's refreshing and also to, I think it does carry a lot more authority with someone who has had that practical experience as opposed to a journalist who is, is commenting and writing on the industry. Well, I'd have to, I would have to agree, right? Because, you know... Well, you're here and you're the person here, right? I'm talking to. Yeah, I would have, I would have, to, I would have to agree. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, it is. And I think that uh, the growth here... And the and the and the fact that you will be seen uh, a lot more um, is is great for the media, and it's great for the public that are actually consuming it. So it's uh, it's wonderful stuff. Um, we like to finish off the little podcast with some advice that you might give to an expert out there, Tim. So if there was a little bit of advice, what would you give to people who are trying to make a make their way through media? Well, first of all, be an expert. Yes, actually, you know, be one. Don't pretend to be one. You've really got to be one. And how, just, but just on that, how do you do that? Do you just stand up and say, hey, I am an expert, come and talk to me? Were you doing that? Have you been doing that previously? Is that something that... that, that um, yeah, off and on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. But not, 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 as much, not as much until I you know, came to, to Media Stable. There we go. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit cheeky of me, wasn't it? No, but you've got, to be, you've got to be an expert. You've got to know your stuff. Yeah. Right? You've got to be prepared to be able to talk about it and not be scared you know, talking about it. Uh, do a little bit of preparation. Uh, and seriously, you know, engage with with somebody in in the media that's going to listen and and promote you and put you forward. Because without that, you you're not going to get anywhere. I hope to see you at uh, Meet the Media because you will be a, a raving success. I there. will be there. Good to see. Because there's 12 media that needs to meet you, uh, and and like all experts, it's about putting some eye to eye contact with the media themselves. Uh, you can be as good on paper. You can write amazing content. But until you've also had that human connection as well, it does make it uh, a little harder. Lana, have you got anything to share with us uh, now that you're, you're back so, back from coronavirus, you're back on board? Any any little last-minute Back tip? from coronavirus, again to clarify. <laughs> Where did you actually go, Lana? 
<laughs> uh, I, I was I was sick. I had to uh, I had to take a day off, but it wasn't coronavirus. <laughs> oh right. I was very devastated to miss the chat with Ollie, but um, I'm I'm very because I am a bit of an aviation geek. The outcome of my fear of flying was that I turned into someone that really enjoys listening to all of the aviation stuff. So it's been an absolute pleasure, Tim. Thank hey, do you. Do you so feel much. more confident now? Yes, I do. I, f- I feel like I'm basically a pilot after listening to Tim. Oh, God, that's scary. <laughs> that is scary. Yeah, that, that's even more scary. This is not Google here. You can't learn how to do it. Captain on. Lana oh. has a good ring to it, don't cheapest, you think? Cheapest. We're in trouble now. <laughs> well, that's it for another uh, Experts podcast. It's good to have you back, Lana. Jeepers, we've, oh, we've missed your laugh. Good to be back. And, uh, and great to have you, Tim. Now, Tim, if we can find out more about you, where can we find uh, more about Tim Collins? Uh, well, you can go to my company website if you'd like to do that. Which that'll is? be great, which is uh, upstream-aviation.com. And you can catch the man on his Twitter handle, upstreamavati1, uh, which is uh, is up and about. Tim, real really? That must be a... Uh, have, I, have I misspelled I that? I think it's a misprint. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> hey, we... we we're not always perfect here. Jeepers, I've, I've got to really do my I've got a company thing. Facebook page as well, by the way, so yeah. you can find, find Go find Tim there. Just Google Tim Collins. He's but everywhere. The, the most important thing here, Tim, is that I think that this will be sent out to most media because uh, there is, if there is one thing other than a GP that media are always looking for, is an aviation expert. And um, we'll be looking forward to sending this podcast out to them because they'll get to know you a little bit better there as well, which is great. Well, that's it for us for another Experts podcast. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Nick Real pleasure to have you. If you want to find out more about the Experts podcast, go to mediastable.com.au. You can find out all the other experts and also to media that we're interviewing, um, getting behind the scenes with them as well. If we understand how they work, we can deliver our best work. Uh, That's it for us. We'll look forward to catching up with you next week. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.